It's time again for the Scotty Johnny Podcast with your host, Scotty Johnny himself, John Barnett, and the ego himself, Cheddar Talk, Aaron Flottam, talking Wisconsin sports, NFL through D3, college hockey, doesn't matter. Two mics, two crusty vets, two opinions, one based in reality and one based in what do you bet on Twitter? With music by Delete Great Cars and Trucks. Here's John and Aaron. Welcome, welcome, one and all. Welcome into the Scotty Johnny Podcast. I am your not-so-humble host, Jonathan Barnett, and I am joined as per usual by the illustrious, the uh, wonderful, the clever, the brilliant Aaron Cheddar Talk Flottam. Hey, John, what's going on? World champions, World uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Champions. Go Milwaukee. Oh my goodness! It, I mean, it's it's only been six days, man. That felt like a month ago already. So much well, stuff has happened in between now and then. Yeah, like ESPN completely burying the story. <laughs> yeah, like that. Yeah, okay, let's 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 make sure we get rid of this as quickly as humanly possible. Oh, football training camp. Oh, good. We don't have to talk about Milwaukee anymore. Yeah. Can you imagine the story disappearing this quickly when the Lakers won? No, they'd still be playing the replays over and over and over again. I, it, it's, They'd be yeah, selling DVDs. Ooh. They'd be selling DVDs they, on ESPN. They were burying. They were burying the lead the night of the game, like, like trying to move on immediately from it. Like it was, yeah. They couldn't get off it fast enough. All right. Well, what we're going to do, and I'll start off by saying this is um, welcome again to the Scotty Johnny Podcast. We're very glad that you're here, all of our wonderful w- listeners. Uh, Wisconsin, the United States, and around the world. Uh, it's great to have you with us again. We're going to be talking Wisconsin sports um, and in all of its wonderful glory today. And uh, we'd like you to know that you can follow this show on Twitter at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow me on Twitter if you want to follow me. It's uh, at Not So Humble Host. And Aaron, Aaron, I know they can follow you on Twitter because I follow you on Twitter. My dad follows yeah. you on Twitter, and my yes. son follows you on Twitter. <laughs> Three generations of Barnett's following <laughs> at Cheddar Talk, at Cheddar Talk on Twitter.com. Pretty sure my wife follows you on Twitter, too. Just <laughs> Yeah, she does as well. Yes. <laughs> I was going to say. Um, but we're not his only followers. He has he is and, hundreds. And, and someday JJ will, too, I'm sure. So. <laughs> yeah. There are dozens of us. <laughs> dozens. dozens and dozens of Barnett's to follow me. Uh, on well, you know the, the bit from Arrested Development, right? The, the never nudes. If you haven't oh, seen yes, that. Exactly. Yeah, that's the the constant meme where he stands up. He's like, "There are dozens of us." Yes, <laughs> the never dudes. Oh my god! Anyhow, such a good bit. Anyhow, we have stuff to talk about, John. We do. So we're gonna kick this off right away with what we like to call the main event. Starting things off with the main event. Aaron, I wanna I wanna play something for you. To kick off our main event, sure. something wonderful for you, and uh, I'm going to start it off right now. Uh, I still think the Bucks are going to pull it off in six games. And I'm going to go Bucks in seven. That's, it might be, it might, it might be Bucks in five, but that's not <laughs> giving Phoenix enough. That might be, not be giving Phoenix enough credit. Phoenix is and the favored I, team. I was, ready, I was ready to say Bucks in six without Giannis, so um, okay. I feel I feel good about it. It's a team driven. You've been they, they very started. on this so far in this playoff. So, all right, Aaron, that was you. Well, you and me, obviously. I'm, I'm in there as well, yeah. but I'm wrong. I heard you. And, yes, uh, you were. <laughs> you were very right. That is June 23rd. That is right before we started I, everything. There you were. 
throwing out books in six. I mean, with did a I, lot of other people. Did I did I call did I call the whole playoffs? I think you were, I think ooh, I did. I'd have to go back. I think you you might have. Because I know I call I know I called Bucks and seven versus the Nets. I know mm-hmm. I went to Homer on every round where I thought the Bucks were going to win. I was being like Charles, you know the the Bucks are going to win this whole thing, John. I'll, I'll tell you that much right now. The only one I don't remember I I is called... Miami. I don't remember if you called a sweep in Miami. I think the other I ones you hit. I, I know that was like three months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Why was I not over in Iowa betting on this stuff? That's what I should have been doing. <sighs> yeah. I could be I could be not doing this podcast in, oh. in Cabo San Lucas That's... right now instead. Very hurtful. You could be doing this podcast from Cabo St. Louis. Imagine if I would have parlayed the Nets, the Hawks, and uh, the finals in one bet. I'd be in Cabo St. Lucas right now. That's where I'd be. <laughs> You'd be in Janesville finishing out your uh, your service. Right, exactly. You'd be like, I'm, be I'm not yeah. doing anything different for now. Yeah, I'm leaving town. Oh, did you put in leaving time? Oh, oh no. no. <laughs> oh, <boo>. <laughs> <laughs> A box box win once in a while, and I'm really glad that it was it was being right about something and a team that I've come to love. Um, uh, I, I speak uh, spoke with uh, with a friend of the friend of the podcast, Pete Owen, uh, throughout this whole playoff process. He's uh, he he's a season ticket holder and missed a single one of the finals games. He was there. Um, he's been on us uh, as a podcast to be covering the Bucks since day one. He is a true Bucks first fan; like he likes the Bucks first. That's his Wisconsin team. And, of course, we're always just delay the inevitable. And it's like, we're not going to talk about it during the regular season because regular season basketball sucks. It's terrible. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It's, it's, right. But, you know, and we, we jumped on when the playoffs came around. And, yes, it was a, uh, a quick beat down to the heat. But then it got real interesting with the Nets real quick. Got uh, kind of got super interesting with the, the, the Hawks when uh, Giannis went down. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it, it, I, even, I even said that it was a little too obnoxious to call it uh, Bucks and five because uh, the, I thought, you know, and I was dead wrong after two games, but uh, uh, I didn't, you know, uh, it, it's great. It's, it's yeah. fantastic. And I'm glad, I'm glad we shifted our focus to the Bucks uh, when we did and what got on was, board with it. Um, we've always been Bucks fans, but like yeah. you said, it's hard to talk. It's hard to talk about games when, you know, yeah, these stars are playing less than twenty minutes and load management games and stuff like that yeah. during the regular season. And oh, did you see that dunk? You know, yeah. but uh, it down the down the down the run, um, it was fun to see every man's favorite Giannis, unless you work for ESPN or live on the coast, mm-hmm. um, winning it at the end and doing it in the most dramatic fashion ever with with the block, the dunk, oh. and then the fifty point game to end it all. Right. Like the two biggest things, the solar eclipse, <laughs> you know, the, the block on Aiton, which is an mm-hmm. insane play. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the Valley Oop, as they're calling it now, which is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Those, those were just two massively iconic plays. And they, mm-hmm. were, they were so great to have. They were just incredible moments to have there. And, yeah, for Giannis to take 50 points in, in a game that's just like, I I don't know. It was, it was strange to see. Like he he had nearly half the points on that team, and uh, just just really really just took over that series. He was he was fantastic. Um, he was everything you hoped for in, in a, a leader, and you know just that that kind of iconic figure. And he's got the best story. I mean, if Disney isn't contacting him for rights already, I mean, what are what are they even doing? It's it's already sold, which they should because uh, 
um, uh, LeBron hooked his uh, wagon to Warner Brothers now with uh, Space Jam. So yeah, Gianna cool. should be uh, with Disney. Um, Disney's busy trying also, to ruin another classic novel, like making Les Mis where everybody survives or making a, you know, Hamlet where he just becomes king, which I guess technically is just Lion King. But, you know. Yeah, that, true story. Good, good, good breakdown there, John. Or just uh, taking yet another another Hans Christian Andersen movie oh. or and turning it into a, yet another movie. Um, and ruining but, uh, it. Ruining it. <laughs> absolutely ruining it. Um, and some of the talk that came afterwards, you know, with uh, with the injuries down the stretch uh, from the other teams. And I love how when they talk about other teams having injuries, like I understand – DiVincenzo is not a world beater, you know, first team all NBA, but the Bucks played most of the playoffs without one of their starters. So they had to make up one, yeah. one fifth of their starting rotation right there. And because of that you lose, everybody has to step up one. So you're losing depth off the bench too. Um, so it forced Pat to play more it forced, you know, Bobby, 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 Bobby. off the bench more. Um, of course, you know, and not that bad place, but it, but it, it changes how you do things. And then all this bull crap about how, well, he wouldn't have done that in the finals against any other team. They could have been playing Prairie View A&M in the finals <laughs> and scoring 40, 40 and 50 in half of the games is very hard to do. It doesn't matter because that's, it's right. just hard to score in that kind of bulk. Like, Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like he and it wasn't like he was Kobe Bryant trying to score sixty points in the last game of his no, career. No, he, just, he was just he. They weren't stopping him, and he just took the game over. And a dude hit some some other planet in that in that sixth game. Man, he was somewhere else. And with the free throw shooting on top of it too, um, what was it seventeen out of nineteen from the free throw line? Yeah, for a guy who is for a guy who's who isn't as bad a free throw shooter as he had been in the playoffs, but wasn't as good as he was in Game Six. <laughs> like, I mean, Giannis isn't as bad a free throw shooter as he had been in the playoffs up to this point. He's a little bit better than that, but I mean, to go seventeen for nineteen, like it, it was unbelievable, and it was just he came in, he came in gunslinging and just started taking him down left and right and left and right, and there was no heart left in that Phoenix team. With about two minutes left in that fourth quarter, you could just tell they they knew they were beat. And yeah. with 40, forty seconds left, they chose not to foul. They chose not to foul with forty yeah. seconds left. Yeah, they were they were letting things just kind of play out at the end. There it was, you could see it like especially more than anything on Booker's face because mm-hmm. Booker looked like he'd lost, and, and that's that. Like we've talked about on this show, that's that AAU mentality. He doesn't know how to bounce back from things like this. He's never actually suffered for things. He's been a guy who's gotten things and has been the most important guy on whatever team he's on. And yeah, he's just he's just going to be that guy. And uh, if you get him down, he's beat. He just is beaten. He was beaten in that series. And uh, yet Giannis took his soul. <laughs> just yeah, just he took did. It. And, and so anything, Drew, Drew Holiday took his a- soul. Booker Booker might be a better player down the road because of this series, maybe, and just getting learns. absolutely embarrassed at at times, and like especially in the end, you know, Giannis just hammered down, and it was, uh, what's the coach of Phoenix? Who's his name? Oh, um, <laughs> you put me on Williams. the spot. Yeah, Williams. Yeah, Monty Monty Williams. Monty Williams. Monty right. Williams said it, and I think game two or three, like th- this team is outworking us. Like they outworked them, except game one was a little rough. Um, 
that one that one will write that one off. That was kind of a Giannis coming back and still trying to get their feet under him after a big serious win over the Hawks. And Rusty, too, where Phoenix had had like a week off at that point. Mm-hmm. Let's not forget about that. And so, um, but yeah, Monty Williams had, had talked about, oh, God, how about that guy? He's a class act. Yeah. Monty Williams, by the way. Yeah, I thought, oh. I thought he did well. Um, I thought Chris Paul handled things fairly well. I thought Booker was just kind of, he just looked broken. Like, I don't know if he said anything particular. He just looked like he had a really difficult time understanding how to lose. Uh, that fan base was weird as all get go. Dude counting all the money and all that. And then you know, just after game two, they waited outside specifically to flip off the Bucks bus. And at that point, they didn't win another game after standing outside specifically to flip off the Bucks bus. It, what a weird, weird thing to make sure you do, you know? Right. And, and, you know, and it was one of those things, too, we talked about it briefly. And then, you know, I know I talked about it with other people, too, is that it it was too perfect. Last Tuesday was a beautiful day in Wisconsin. Their storms rolling through Milwaukee, but they somehow missed during the game. Um, there are 100,000 people outside of Fiserv. Just insane. Yeah, they expected 65. Hard. There was 100,000. The Bucks hadn't. we were talking about the two. There's never been a championship one in Milwaukee. Yeah, we talked about that, yep. I said on this podcast, if they don't win in six, they're not going to win. And yeah, I'll be clear. I, I fully agreed with you. I was just like, yeah, if they can't get that one at home, I don't think they go back to Phoenix and get it. Right. But it was, it was I just didn't see how they lost that one. I was like, I don't see how they're going to lose this one. I just, it felt, it felt right. And everything. And for the first and the first time in the postseason, having the bigger team, even though Brooke was mostly absent most of the game. Uh, Bobby had a, a pretty good showing. Um, PJ Tucker zero points plus thirteen, uh, <laughs> un- unbelievable, the unbelievable. Op- opposite guy. of Connington, who was zero points, negative twenty one, I believe. Oh my! On the floor <laughs> had like, two, just and terrible. had a chance to score two points at the end and couldn't do it. <laughs> Playoff Pat in, in the last game of the season. Uh, just oh God, I love Pat. Don't get me wrong, Pat. Pat did plenty, plenty, plenty to help this team to get to the to the to the finals, right. but. What, what a that was the worst time to play his very worst game of the year. Was yeah, that was that was his worst game of the year too. Absolutely. Um, but uh, I love you, Pat. Pat's the best. There's no yeah. knocking on Pat. That was just unfortunate timing by him. It's just missing. And at one point during the game, I'm like, just let Pat shoot all the threes, and then Pat shot all the threes, and then Pat missed all the threes. <laughs> missed everything. I'm like, okay, um, let's let's redo the game plan here. Um, but uh, it uh, uh, it was uh, it lined up it lined up perfect, and it worked out great. And uh, I think, you know, I was down, uh, we'll talk about this in the other podcast, and I was down there this weekend for the Brewers games, and uh, yeah, it's it's the party's still going on yeah. down in Milwaukee for the Bucks, and the next day with uh, Giannis driving through Chick-fil-A getting 50-piece 50, 50 chicken <laughs> no, no. nuggets and uh, half Sprite and lemonade, yeah. Yeah, no no ice, you gotta go with that. No okay. ice. <laughs> Yeah, so good for them. Oh, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm very just, happy for this group of people. They're they're such a good collection of players. Um, you talked about before we started recording, uh, Coach Budenhauser. I mean, just you could tell the players enjoyed playing for him. He 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 had some plans here that definitely paid off in in, in many regards. He, he was not perfect in his game planning. There were a lot of times I get massively frustrated with the number of times he's just kind of like. 
man, that pick and roll is killing us. I hope we stop it. You know, why don't you just change something? And he does we, we wait on a lot of that. We talked about it too the meme with the uh, why does uh, Coach Budenhoser always look like he's spent more money than he can afford on a Las Vegas game he doesn't quite understand. <laughs> it wasn't until they won. It wasn't until they won Game Six. Like that's the most clarity I've ever seen on that man's face. He looked so relaxed. His face, like, like. Yeah. Oh. Well, there's also just the <laughs> the bit about him in in that he, yeah, like he he doesn't make big massive changes. But the other thing is like he doesn't play the game. In, in that I talked about this some last week. Why did did Monty Williams do that thing where he complained about the refs, even though? Essentially, game one and game three were just mirrors of each other. Like when the Suns got a ton of shots and we didn't get anything, then it was fine. But when the Bucks suddenly got to shoot free throws, then there was a massive injustice. Um, even though they were the exact same numbers on each side, it was weird. It was it was a very weird, perfect mirroring of the other team. Right, and even though Monty Williams is a complete class act too, and so I got to give credit today. I heard um, um, Grant Bills on the uh, Wisco Sports Show on WTLK out of uh, Lacrosse. They replayed down in uh, Madison. He was uh, comparing uh, Bud to Coach uh, to Craig Council, like how Craig Council, even after a bad game in the post conference or in the post game press conference, like it's sometimes infuriating as a fan, like how even keeled Craig Council is. Like he doesn't. <laughs> Like yeah, well they, that's a good team, the good pitching, and uh, you know we didn't score enough runs, and uh, it, he'll just break it down without losing his cool. And sometimes you stop and think, and he said maybe like maybe the reason why we get mad at Bud sometimes is that he doesn't lose his cool, like he's making small calculated things. Like and he said it was he said it was never more apparent in the finals that when Booker was getting he decided all of a sudden we talked about it last week he decided okay Booker. We're going to let you get yours. We're just going to shut down Chris Paul and everybody else now and just not make a big move to like overhaul the defense. Just, yeah. okay, all right, well, then we're just going to put more emphasis on everybody else. And it actually worked down the stretch after getting burned in the first two games. Like it seemed like a very subtle switch and it worked. And then yeah. eventually Booker couldn't score fast enough, you know? And he's not a very good shooter. Like he's still shooting, he's out there shooting 35, 40%. And you're like, I can live with you shooting at volume at that pace. You know, you, you yeah, just once, can't. Once you, regret, once you regress to the mean, which he wasn't at the mean the first two games. The first two games, he was stupid. Like, and the next yeah. four, he was below the mean. <laughs> right. No, yeah, but, no it, it averages work out. You can't maintain that, especially, you know, if you're playing against a lesser opponent for seven games. Yes. But when you're playing against a good defense, you know, and eventually, you know, like it, it was very obvious at the end of game five. Chris Holiday started pestering him. They didn't just let him like get to the hoop, you know. It was, yeah. but he had no outlets. It was all on him, and all of a sudden, all the weight yeah, was he, rested on his shoulders. Once he realized the Bucks were going, "Hey, you got to beat this kid," it went, "Oh no!" Yeah, he dribbled <laughs> into trouble a lot in the last two games, just just right into the teeth of the defense and just sitting there. And you're just like, okay, if he does that, then the, the Bucks are going to be fine because he's just going to keep having to get into a double team and then having to try to find that pass. And it, yeah, it didn't work out so well when he had to do that. Uh, I guess the point though, I was trying to get at is Monty was playing the game in, in that talking about the refs does affect the refs. I mean, it does. They do hear it. I mean, I, whatever, whatever you want to say about that, it's the state of the game. 
and that's that's what happens is you talk about it enough you know and and here's where craig council is different craig council definitely goes out and gets himself thrown out of games and he does it to back up his team and he Mm -hmm. does it to let the referees you know and the umpires whoever know that he's that angry and he's communicating to the fans and he's communicating to the media and to everybody about how angry he is about that thing you know whether it's you know uh, Yelich getting tagged out at first, even though he's just been standing there safe for a couple seconds. Uh, you know, yeah. things like that. He almost closed like that umpire the way out of the way. <laughs> but Coach Bood, need, at some point, it would be good to say, I mean, like, Christ has this problem too. It, it's good that Budenhauser and Christ, Paul Christ, Badgers football coach, for those who maybe somehow don't know that, um, they both are very calm figures, which is good mm. if you have a team that sometimes needs to come from behind. you got a team that needs to have an even keel. Maybe it has some young players that need to be able to find their steps. Uh, it's very good for things like that. You know, young quarterbacks, uh, young point guards, different, you know, different players trying to make plays in different periods of time, road games, things like that. He, both of them are very good at that. But uh, like when when the Badgers play Michigan and Jim Harbaugh immediately explodes yelling at the refs, getting in their face about some call where he's usually clearly wrong, but they you remember it. No, I didn't. <laughs> it's it's on your face. No, it's not. No. When he is clearly wrong. Where he's clearly wrong. Where he's just clearly yeah. wrong, and he does it. He's just it, he's over the top, but it, it gets in the referees' minds, and, and, and it clearly does. Um. Coach Bud's one of the few guys in the NBA who, as a head coach, doesn't go out there and have the yelling tirades with the refs. Because um, <laughs> I'm forgetting his name, Nash. Nash did it a couple times. Williams did it a couple times. Yeah. Um, we we Spolstra does it, but he's he's more interesting in it, and he's more he's got a little more nuance to it because he's been doing it a little longer than those two guys. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, those are guys who are. They get into the ref's face every now and then because they know it works. And Boo just has, like you said, looks like he put too much money into a game. He doesn't understand. You're like, oh, oh, that was a bad call. Oh, oh, wish you wouldn't have done that. Which is fine. I mean, I mean, even as the finals went, even the even as the finals went along too. um, Not that I ever would. I, I, you know, nobody likes floppers. I think we're to this point now, unless you're a hardened like. You know, just you absolutely love James Harden because you're a hard bobo. Like nobody <laughs> likes Booker. flopping. Like I mean, it's hard to watch your own team flop. However, comma, I was happy to see Chris Middleton start barking at the refs like round game four when he was landing on other people's feet going up for shots and was landing on his landing on his button getting pushed around. Like Chris was starting to get a little jawy, which <laughs> I mean, it was, but it was after legitimate like beef too. Like he wasn't flopping like he was actually getting fouled and like what like what do i gotta do for any respect around here like at all like i am potentially the 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 third second or third best player on the court right now what what do i gotta do there's a difference between pleading your case which chris paul Mm -hmm. did that plenty you know like chris paul does a great job pleading and he pleads his case devin booker cries i mean like that guy just he always has a problem i mean like he goes up to him he grabbed a guy with two hands. He he went and complained on a play. No, maybe it wasn't. It was. I think it was um, uh, one of the other guards, the one of the backups there came in and one point fouled on a you know in, intending to foul so they get the foul shots and stuff like that and then still acted confused as to what was being called. 
You're like, well, you right. you grabbed him with both hands so that he'd get free throws. And we did call it on you because you were asking us to. Like, it was very weird. How, how, is, that still, how is that still not a, a flagrant foul, by the way? Because, you know, it's it's just part of the game. You're not flagrantly trying to hurt anybody. You're just trying to grab onto them so it's clear that you're fouling them. It, it's more of one of those unwritten things where, like, yes, you're obviously trying to foul them, but it's different. And also, like, um, we didn't have a problem with, you know, on the Valley Oop, Chris Paul pushing Giannis in, in the fact that Giannis did the same thing to Booker earlier in the game. Right. You know, we talked about well, that, that, that was an eye for an eye. We talked about that, but like, yeah, uh, we did. And it's like, well, okay, but they called it okay. both ways. They called it both ways that time because they did not call I Giannis I, I, for that. And they could have, I, I still just don't, I've never understood that about basketball is that the one thing that we always hate about basketball is the last minute of a game can take an hour because they just <laughs> fall every time they come in bounds, make it an intentional fall because they are intentionally falling somebody to make free throws. And then the game will be over quicker. Yeah, but you're trying to get a team a chance to, you know, it's a bad chance, but it's a small chance that you win. I mean, I've never, I I think I've seen it work once, but it's pretty rare. (laughs) Um, We're going to spend a lot of time on the Bucks here today because what we're going to try to do is just do one podcast just covering Bucks stuff. And then we'll we'll split off everything else because there's still a lot of other things to talk about. We want to really focus on this. the, the, the because they won the, national, they won the NBA championship, man. Yeah, it's it's the biggest story. I mean, um, I didn't count up what episode we're on, but this is nearing the end of our, this might be the last of our um, third season here because I guess next week we're starting with Packers training camp, which is where oh, yeah, we I start. Guess, yeah, weird. <laughs> Good so, point. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. So we'll our be starting fourth season here coming up here once they get the training camp. And uh, yeah, usually the Bucks, usually the Bucks are done for a couple months by this point, even well, on a good year. The thing is, is we normally for every season that ends, we call it Requiem to a you know whatever season, Requiem to a Packer season, Requiem to a Bucks season. There's no Requiem. They're, they no, they're, they're, they're one. This is won. this this season's immortal. You know, like this season did not die on us. The season is an immortal thing, um, and it's going to carry. <laughs> just just do you remember? It. Yeah, go Sorry, ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I say, do you remember in the early years we used to take like spring break, like after <laughs> the Buck season would be done and spring training was over and the draft was done, we'd just be like. All right, and uh, we'll be back around the All Star break because there is nothing to talk about for the next the, month and a half. Here. And the All Star break's the worst when we were doing that because we're like, well, there's right. no Bucks, there's no Packers, and now there's no baseball game. Yeah, we got nothing. Right. <laughs> so. yeah, yeah, no, we we talk about <laughs> Packers speculation. Like, I, I I remember that was like season one. There was we, t- I think we took a two month break. I don't think we did that. We, but, well, like, we knew the sports abyss was upon us, and we were like, uh, what are we going to talk? Like, are we just going to break down Brewers? And I just remember at one point you were like, well, we could talk about UW rowing. And I was like, John, no, I will not. <laughs> we did. <laughs> Even though they're on, they're on the Olympics right now, which we should, probably should be talking about. But anyhow. Yeah. And this, this, the biggest things I want to say about this season are just, there's so many great storylines. There were so many great, um, just moments. And this, this series ended up with, uh, just, just great iconic moments. Uh, there, there, there's no big speeches or anything like that that everybody's going to have to remember. But there's, there's big plays that got nicknames. There's the Deer District. There's the the rally. Uh, perhaps the most memorable and most gifable 
thing is the uh, Coddington and Portis holding the trophy or, and then holding like a bottle of champagne at the end, talking to the uh, the ESPN crew, and they're like, or both of you, how much of the two of you had to drink so far? They just look at each other and then just burst out laughing. And, and like they don't even know, <laughs> like the commentators don't know how to respond to that. They're like, yeah, we just got two lit dudes here. <laughs> just this is so much. <laughs> this couldn't this get is, through it. This is the so best. This is the best week of their basketball careers, by the way. Both Connington and Bobby Portis. Man, talk about two dudes that uh, couldn't have found a better situation for themselves ever. Well, like, yeah, and like let's talk about a little bit about just building this team and how this happened. I mean, there's there's a point where uh, I think somebody said uh, the NBA 2K team, which was the worst rated team. In the game, only two players remain from that team, and that's um, th- that's uh, Middleton and Giannis. And Giannis was some nobody who the Bucks took a chance on because almost never is there just some big name MVP guy who comes after the first five picks. I mean, it's, it, no. at, that's, at this point, and that's this point in history. That is, yeah. I mean, the '96 draft, things like that. You're like, okay, those are crazy times, but this one. Yeah, it's very weird. And one of those guys, Middleton, was an afterthought in this trade that that they mm-hmm. brought him here because um, we're looking at now Brandon Knight, Chris Middleton, and then uh, Vyacheslav Kravtsov. Um, those are the three guys they traded for. Um, good job, good job on that pronunciation. Yeah, and who did they? Who's traded for him? Uh, that's where they traded away uh, Jennings. Brandon Jennings, who was in the parade, folks. That's right. <laughs> who, yeah, because he's he is the Bucks in sixth story, um, and, and he got us Middleton. Yes, yeah. So. And and that's the thing again. Middleton was just another guy added in to try to make the math work on that one. Like Middleton's not he wasn't the thing we were trading for. He wasn't the the purpose of that trade. The purpose was to try to get a couple players, uh, you know, highlighted by uh, Brandon Knight. Who was was it? He was the eighth overall pick. Is that what we were saying? Um, Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, eighth overall pick in the 2011 draft uh, out of Kentucky. He was the guy we were looking for. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he, he's the he's the only guy who gets his own picture on the Bucks page about that trade. Like, there's one with the three of them, and then one that's just him. So, mm-hmm. uh, the Pistons, who just I believe had the first pick overall this year, the that's the team that gave us Middleton. So, Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Um, and yeah, so bringing those guys in, having those two guys, Portis as, you know, just bringing the guys in. And we talked about this at the very beginning of this season. We talked about this right at the beginning. The Bucks had a team over the last two years, which was a deep, deep team. You know, like they're rolling out their next five and they're still okay. You know, like mm-hmm. they can hang with a lot of teams so they could keep with you in those periods and then blow past you with their starters and then do this and that. And you just couldn't find a time to catch your breath while they were rotating. But mm-hmm. that just petered out when you got into the playoffs and everybody shortened their benches. And, you know, somebody like, uh, you know, Jimmy Butler could take over and, and kill you because he was going to stay mm-hmm. on the floor for 46 minutes and just keep scoring on you. So they went out and got, you know, Drew Holiday. Uh, big trade, gave up a lot of draft capital to do it because draft capital doesn't matter if you're good. It just doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, nope, not in the NBA it doesn't. Because no. like you just said earlier, because you don't get anybody after the fifth pick. 
Yeah, unless there's... it's um, unless it's Giannis, Chris Middleton, or Luka Doncic. Yeah, yeah. So it's it, it it's just it was a very good move on their part to get themselves a top three that was really good. And then you say that they're five. You know, Brooke Lopez is. I mean, he's not a dominant five, but man, he can play on any team and he can score and he can play defense and he can do a lot of things well and he can run the floor and shoot threes. Um, and he won a game for us against the Hawks when yeah. Giannis was out. Yeah, yeah just, he did. What, yeah, 33 he did. points and just, just, you know, he's one of those guys. He's going to win you a couple he turned games into, a year. He turned into White Shack for a night. <laughs> for one yeah. night, yeah. For one and, night, he was White Shack. Yeah. And yeah, the, the guys they went out and picked up, you mentioned DJ Augustine. Uh, or at least we we'd mentioned it beforehand. I think we talked the show. we talked about it during the pregame. That was before the show yeah. started. But we talked about you know they they signed Augustine. Uh, he gave them some good minutes early in the year. He looked pretty positive. Um, there are a couple games where he was one of those you know double digit scorers off the bench. But they they made the move, especially after they lost um, they lost DiVincenzo. Uh, they went out and just found a way to go get PJ Tucker, who was great he he had some big big defensive plays um he was probably biggest in the net series uh, he had some mm-hmm. good moments i mean he him and connington combined for you know zero points <laughs> in <laughs> yeah, game exactly. seven in game six there yeah. um but yeah at least he, he was giving you good minutes on the defensive side where connington didn't give you a whole lot there but connington was fantastic as an off the bench player uh connington gave you rebounding um they were talking to him actually on one of the espn shows the other day he was actually drafted for baseball too a year before he was drafted uh by the bucks out of notre dame uh so or was that sorry no go ahead sorry who uh connington. Wait, who are you saying connington was drafted for baseball oh, oh it was a baseball guy too yeah huh. i didn't okay. know where he was drafted but he he apparently had been drafted um and he said like yeah you never want to uh rule it entirely out I love baseball. I still play baseball. I'd give a thought to going back to baseball. Like that'd be incredible. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I need to go listen to. He was on uh, part of my take yesterday or today. Uh, Barst to a big cat. Oh, okay. So, yeah, Connington. Yeah, he was on. Today. He's an interesting guy. He's, he's, he's a fun he's, dude. Yeah, he's one yeah. of those glue type guys. He goes out there, gets you a couple d- good defensive plays and some good rebounding. I mean, he can really jump. Um, but yeah, and he's had some decent three-point shooting games here and there, and some spot scoring when they needed him. Um, yeah, the team um, makeup hey, here was fantastic. I, I lost track of you during the Connington thing because you're talking about the the, the zero points scored and how somehow Jeez. still PJ Tucker was a plus thirteen in Game Six, even yeah. the zero points scored. Um, but they were. Uh, did you see the chart that was? It was a, it was a um, a, a double axis chart where the middle is zero points scored, zero points allowed. And then to the upper right would be uh, points scored. And then to the bottom left would be points allowed. So if you're a bad player, you'd trend to the bottom left because you didn't score enough points and you allowed more points. And if you're in the upper right, you scored more points and stopped more points. Okay. So the big outliers on that one. So who's in the upper right? Giannis, not even yeah. close, right? Like yeah. he's he's sitting out there by himself. Most and this is over the playoffs. Most points scored, most points, you know, not allowed on defense, <laughs> you know. And then and then Middleton and Lopez and uh Holiday are all kind of like in the upper right hand of the big glob in the middle. Okay. Booker's in the bottom right. 
Oof. meaning points points scored but points allowed. Yeah, he doesn't stop anybody. Right, right, exactly. So basically, he scores a ton of points, but he also gives up a whole bunch. And so they're all kind of globbed in the middle, except for Giannis in the upper right. And then way out here in the left for uh, <laughs> is, is P.J. Tucker, which means almost no points scored, <laughs> but a ton of points defended. Like, it's just like he's just sitting out there on an island. Like, Giannis <laughs> is over on this side and an island to this side, and P.J. Tucker is over to the other island on this side. Like, hey, we played just as good a defense, but I didn't score any points. Nice. It's fantastic. That is, that is wonderful. I love graphs. Graphs, graphs. Yes, yes, I love graphs. <laughs> Metrics are fun. So, oh, who's the com- who's who's the comedian that does all the uh, Dimitri Martin? Dimitri Martin. I love his graphs. He, he's his fantastic. graphs are the best. Yes. <laughs> so I guess like the big thing too is, in, in terms of this, now the Bucks have two different championships. Um, compare as many championships two, in the last fifty years as the Packers do. They have as many total championships as the Knicks. By the way, the Knicks only yeah. have two, um, yeah. and way more than them in the last sixty years, because the Knicks haven't hey, won the one Bucks since the fifties. The Bucks have as many championships in the last hundred years as the Cubs do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, but no, it's just just the, the the moment this has. It's great to to enjoy this moment because, um, yeah. ESPN commentators, I'm trying to remember who they were. Uh, They're trying to say, like, well, is there even, does it even make sense to talk about like small markets? Because anyone could, it was like, no, this team had to get so many things right. The trade for Middleton, Mm -hmm. drafting Giannis late, um, picking up guys like Connington and Portis. Portis is a free agent pickup in the offseason. Getting Broke Lopez uh, to, to buy into this team. Um, and then trading away everything to get Drew Holiday, you're like, yeah, the Bucks, man, if they'd have missed on any one of those things, any one, they just don't have anything. Um, right. And the weird thing, and the weird thing is now is that they're going to be, you know, for the for the players that they lose, now they're going to be a hot spot for those veterans that maybe have something left that can give to it like this change this changes the narrative about everything they want a championship they've got the all-star like now there might be people who might want to come play in milwaukee like it changes everything it absolutely yeah. changes to get to this point everything had to go right well and i'm looking to kind of you know, espn's got a list here the top 20 free agents coming into next year i don't think the top couple are going to be anywhere near milwaukee Kawhi leonard Kawhi leonard is a free agent that's an interesting idea. I don't see where they what they do with him, but he's interesting. Chris Paul is a free agent. We'll see what the Suns do there. My guess is they find a way to keep him, but who knows? Lonzo if Ball. Lakers fans, if you ask, if you <laughs> ask Lakers fans, all these people are going to be on the Lakers next oh, year. Yeah. But anyhow, Lonzo yeah. Ball, there he is. <laughs> Great. Thirty-eight percent of his threes last year, attempting eight point three a game. Uh, John Collins from the Hawks, not a terrible idea. Kyle Lowry is one that's kind of interesting because you know oh, he'd be a, he'd be a weird one because he's enemy he's public enemy number one in right? Milwaukee. Well, I'd yeah, say Kawhi, Kawhi before him, yeah. But yeah. it's just kind of funny, like actually, him, actually, Fred Fleet is yeah. <laughs> that dude doesn't get hot. We we've got two championships in three years. Well, Tyler Hero, yeah. Tyler Hero, because he well, that, that, specifically, that yeah, he specifically, you know just spat on the Badgers on his way out of town, too. Uh, <laughs> um, Jerk. Yeah. Kyle Lowry 
DeMar DeRozan and uh, and uh, Kawhi Leonard all going to be free agents this year. None, hmm. none of them end up with the Bucks, is my guess. Um, Interesting. Here's some ones that are kind of interesting. I like this one. His name is Duncan Robinson, which I imagine is Tim Duncan and uh, and uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, big uh, David Robinson. David Robinson. Yeah, was stuck in my head, man. I couldn't get it out. I was like, Admiral. I was like, oh no, what am I thinking? Yeah, Robinson. I, I, and I kind of went to Glenn Robinson, which I was like, that's not right. That's not right. Mike Conley. That's half kind of as an good older. as David Robinson. Half as good as Tim Duncan. Oh no, that would be great. Doesn't equal doesn't equal one whole either. Yeah. yeah. Here's the couple names that I actually do find very interesting further down the list. Evan Fournier, who everybody now knows, uh, because he dropped 28 on Team USA. <laughs> <laughs> In a game where, yeah, well, we can talk about that game briefly later here. But uh, how is Paul Gasol still playing for Team Spain, but not in the NBA? By the way, yeah, the fewer. How many seven footers they got in Spain? Yeah, good point. I don't know. Um, and, oh, where's the other one? Yeah, DeMar DeRozan, Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo is an interesting I mean, name. I mean, there was talk about bringing Oladipo to the Bucks two years ago. Right, and he went to Miami. He's a free agent. He just saw what this Bucks team looks like. Um, he, he played at Indiana, then played at Indiana, and then went to Miami. Um, I don't think he has a problem playing with somewhere small and Getting a chance to be something big, you know, like get getting the chance to to be a con, a player on a contending I mean, team. I, guess, I mean, I get what what what's he got anymore though? Like he was hurt. What they do with the Heat last year? I mean, uh, well, yeah, he was hurt towards the end. They're optimistic he he could return to full contact as soon as November, so he wouldn't be there to start the season, but he'd be interesting. Uh, Enos Cantor is a guy who's also going to be available this year. Uh, yeah, there's a couple of interesting names. I'm not really interested in any of the top end ones. I'm not interested in Kelly Oubre Jr. Um, I just, yeah, there's just so now, much about his game that doesn't make sense for the Bucks. Now, now back to something you said earlier too, and I'm going to preface this into what I'm going to ask is that. So one thing that we talked about all year long was how the Bucks weren't gunning for the number one overall seed because that's what they had been doing for the last couple of years. And instead, they took time. Remember, all throughout the year, there's all sorts of consternation about how Giannis was only playing like 20 minutes a game and what's going on here. And they're playing all sorts of weird lineups and weird combinations and stuff like that. They lost Augustine. They pick up Portis. They pick up uh, um, Tucker and stuff like that. And I remember me and you, when we did talk about the Bucks during the season, it was more like it's almost like they're having a feeling out process like, They've got some new pieces that are going with some of the old guard pieces. Um, the you know with you know because we got Drew Howell, we got who I just mentioned going along with you know Brooks been here, Giannis has been here, Chris has been here, Connington's been here, you know, and so let's uh, let let's 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 work these pieces out. So I guess that and that leads me to the next question. It was you know everybody's talking about how well this person's going to be on, this person's going to be on, this person's going to be on. I mean, what's the chances of them holding most of the nucleus together to include Bobby Portis on this team? I think there's a decent chance of a lot of that. Um, I know a couple of these guys are going to be free agents like Tucker is. Um, I mean, and, and, and I love PJ, and we've talked about him very fondly, but let's be honest, dude's going to be 37 next year. Right. And he's and he's not a thin, nimble dude. He is a yeah, he's he looks big like dude. a UFC fighter. 
Yeah, he's not like, one of the guys I'd be most worried about trying to get and hold on to, I guess, at this point. Man, look at Serge Ibaka has a player of option. He could be available this year, so who knows? That's an interesting. Serge Ibaka's been around a long time, too, hasn't he? Yeah, but he can still play. And he's yeah, God, he's Serge such a good player. No, I would love that. Serge Ibaka's one of the most underrated players in the last And he's another just great story guy. Like He just really mm-hmm. is as a, as a person. Hey, man, here you go. Here you go. Frank Kaminsky. No, just joking. I love Frank the Tank. As long as he's not playing the five spot, you know, that's fine. Yeah, there's not much else you can do with him there. Is, he, is uh, Sam Decker available? <laughs> how, about, yeah. how about Koenig? Is Koenig still playing anywhere? JaVale McGee, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, man, I'm just trying to look at who else is even on this list. Some of them are kind of Derek Rose, but there's no interest in, in doing that particularly. No. I don't know who he has. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's interest from him, but I don't know what else he's got for us. Uh, Kelly Olenek, J.J. Redick. Uh, oh, Cody Zeller. How old is, how old is J.J. Redick these days? Um, let's see if I can find on this. i gotta, I got to pull him up. I mean, it I wouldn't mind having a sniper come in, man. And he's if that's one thing. 37, to, 37 years and two days today. Yeah, he's, he's played 15 there, yeah. years. Yeah, no. I was just thinking, it wouldn't. I wouldn't mind having like a JJ Redick type, like a proven shooter, because that's the one thing this team doesn't have, is like a proven outside shooter. Fournier would be very interesting because he's he's more of a role player, but a very good role player. He doesn't need to step in and and force anything. I think he understands the scheme. I think he would fit in very well with this the the type of players that have been put in on this team around there. So that would be an interesting idea. Uh, Goran Dragic. Uh, no, Tim Hardaway Jr. Wow, he's Otto Porter. There we go. Overpicked out of Georgetown, Otto <laughs> Porter Jr. <laughs> Just some interesting guys who are going to be available. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with this team. Um, yeah, like you said, Porter and and Tucker are going to be guys who are going to have to look at what are they going to do with those guys. Let's see where they go from here, and what it's, is they going to add? Do you let Brooke go and you keep Portis? I probably would. I think Portis, Brooke does, I think, more overall, but Portis is younger. He's younger. Way, less, way yeah. more tread on the tires. He's also very good at defense. His hands down low are so good. Um, he's just mm-hmm. able to take that ball. Like, you'll look, you just suddenly see a guy rise up but doesn't have the ball, and you're like, oh, Portis just took it from him. <laughs> just, and, and, I mean, if the, and if there's ever a case where there's a dude who might take a little bit less money to stay somewhere because he appreciates the place, it's that dude right now. Like, that, now is the time with the iron hot because, I mean, a dude who's been just cast away everywhere in the NBA and then now embraced by a city. Yeah. And there was even, what was P.J. Tucker's comment? Something about, like, Bobby Portis having the keys to the city or something <laughs> like that during the celebration at the end. Yeah, like, uh, it was, yeah, I mean... I mean, not to say that we should undersell anybody. I mean, and give him the money he's due. But if there's a dude who's going to stick around just off loyalty alone, that's the guy right there, right now. Yeah. Um, beyond Janice and Chris, I mean, because I, he, without the Bucks, he's nothing. Now he's something. And not only is he something, he's a big something. He got popular real quick, <laughs> you know. And wherever he goes, he will never be as popular as he was in Milwaukee. That's the yeah. thing, too. Like, he's got to know that, too. Like, just like outside deals, like he'll be able to work, you know, make money on the side slinging car dealerships, you know, <laughs> like in Milwaukee. You know, he goes to, you know, he goes to. Yeah. 
Memphis or something like that. And he's like, Oh, Hey, it's a guy from Milwaukee. Okay. What's, what's he done for us? You know? And like, and then he could be a disappointment. So, I mean, I would like to keep him here, keep him under the umbrella. He's in the system already. He knows his role, you know, as much as I'd hate to see Brooke go, um, if, if we're going to let Brooke go, then we got to keep Bobby, right? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, you want to know another fun name I just came up with? Young. I tried to, to sort all the lists for upcoming free agents right now. Uh, I guess he's restricted uh, non-bird, uh, non-bird rights. Um, Marcus Howard. <sighs> Come on. <laughs> <laughs> comes back to Milwaukee. Yeah, get a Marquette kid onto that that Bucks team. That would be kind of fun. I don't know if that they'll let him go. He's definitely got a lot of just offensive upside. Yeah, yeah. Just we have the time. Let's throw around some fun names, just because it's it's interesting to see what we can do there, and it'll be fun to see what they what they do in this off season and how this works out. Yeah. Um, in hey, terms uh, of, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was gonna say one last thing before we get off uh, this buck subject too is that we did give we did give Bud a little bit of credit. Maybe we should put give a little bit more credit towards the beginning of the podcast. And you could see during the post game celebration how Chris Middleton didn't let go of that didn't let go of that trophy, not the envy, but the uh, O'Brien trophy the entire time. Chris Middleton held on to that trophy for well over ten minutes during the post game <laughs> celebration. Yeah, and the players were more than ready to give coach bud credit yeah and um there's a great picture of it, it it was him and giannis and chris that made this team and that's how it works yeah. it all starts around those three and for all the for all the crap that everyone's given bud over the years the one thing that he gave this team was legitimacy when jason kidd was a coach on this Whoa. team yeah and he the the head games the the weird stuff that was going on, you know Giannis was blossoming as a young player, but he benched him because he would call him out for being wrong, and all that crap. Bud came in, and the one thing is he did is he made he put legitimacy into this team. He wasn't, you know, you know, yeah. Chris Jason Kidd was a clown. Is what he was. He was an ex-player who still thought he could play and still thought he was better than everybody else. And knew and the owners. He knew the owners, yeah. too. They brought him in because they liked him, because they'd known him, whatever. They're stock traders who ended up knowing him, I guess. So Right. Yeah. So Bud, Bud came in, made it legitimate, made people accountable, um, trusted his players, and empowered his players, sometimes to a fault, I think we'd have to say. Yeah. Um, but in the end, um, he gets to throw two middle fingers up in the air towards everybody else and say, hey, I won a national – or no, I keep wanting to say national championship. Why do I want to say that, Jack? Won the he, boat. he won an NBA championship. He got the yeah. boat. That ship came Row, row the boat. No. Sky no. Walk. No, no, no. That's, you watch – I know Aaron and I watch Letter Kenny, but they keep talking about you got to yeah. get that boat, meaning a oh, ship yeah, is a boat. <laughs> No, um, yeah, the I one rode the boat. My bad. No, no, yeah, get that boat. Yeah, no, good, good on Coach Bud. If anyone uh, on this team deserves it, it's him. Uh, outside of Giannis, who's who's tracked to the top, is well noted at this point. Yeah. But uh, and uh, good on the uh, Kudatumbo brothers for being uh, all three that have played in the NBA. All have rings now. And the and the uh, ball boys don't the like Lonzo Lamelo. Uh, whatever, right. none of them do. <laughs> yeah, all the kids that were were given the given the silver spoon, and uh, hey, John, just remember, 
Thanasis and Giannis, first brother combination to score 50 points in a finals game. <laughs> Correct. Uh, the one, I guess, final, final thing I want to but I mean, it's... Uh... The one lookout thing that I, I do want to say, you know, hopeful for the Bucks here is, we've talked about this some before, the Bucks should strike now while the iron is hot. The the mm-hmm. Bucks should take that trophy, and they should send you know, you know Bobby and Thanasis and Connington, and they should send them all out. Um, at a minimum, they should hit um, the Eau Claire, Lacrosse, and Wassa. At a minimum, and if nothing else, they, they, you know they can try to hit like Stevens Point or um, Chippewa Falls or Rhinelander or you know even Green Bay or Madison, even though they, I don't think they have to do that as much. Heck, they should hit the UP. They should hit Iowa and Minnesota because you know what? No one cares about basketball in Minnesota right now. So just go Not hit really. Minnesota too. Well, that's the big thing is the Brewers and the Packers keep doing massive fan outreach and doing it across the state. The Bucks don't do it anywhere outside of Milwaukee. They just don't. And I, I said this on Twitter and somebody's like, no, 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 these fans should embrace this team. I'm like, well, I think they're ready to embrace this team. But you know, when one side is reaching out, you should reach back. And mm-hmm. that's the thing is, yeah, the fans are reaching out because there's Giannis and they're a championship team and the fans are getting excited about this. But you know what? Eventually all of that will fade. And the Packers sold out from 59 until today. Like they are still sold out. The Packers, 59, they weren't a winning team. Like that's, you know, mm-hmm. when, when the, the Lions were defending NFL champions and they had just hired Lombardi. And it's like, you know, all through the 80s when they were bad. It was a sold-out stadium with a waiting list, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it's the same. Like the Brewers are always top ten in in uh, attendance, even when they're not good, even when they're not a playoff team, and we know it. They're still there because you know there's a culture there, and they have built up something with the entire state. There's, so there's there's fan there's fan buses coming in from Lacrosse, yeah. Eau Claire, Wausau, as far away as Rhinelanders, Superior. Every once a year, there was a a, a weekend trip down to. Milwaukee that you could sign up for with discounted hotel prices and all yeah. three tickets to every game. You leave Friday morning, get back yeah. late Sunday night. Yeah, you know, Monday morning. Fantastic things like that. You know, they have the um, the tavern league bar of the week, and they they win free you know twenty tickets and stuff like that to a game to give to people and stuff. So it's like, but the Bucks have not in my life reached out to us, and and you and I both being not Milwaukee. I mean, you've got family in Milwaukee, but in Right. I, I do now. I didn't growing yeah. up. I didn't growing up. But I mean, like you and I didn't grow up in Milwaukee. And as much as we like basketball and we did watch the Bucks, like we've both grown up watching the Bucks. just and the Bucks aren't they aren't they, they fall behind Badger football, Packer football, you know, Brewers most years. Also Badger hockey, because you know, <coughs> Badger hockey is something that I see around here because they come talk to high schools, you know, like they, they come and try to see right. other hockey players. I, I remember when we were kids for a while, there was, if you read 20 books in a summer, you could get a free bucks ticket for you and your, you and one parent. I don't know. And then you would, go to, you'd go to a game in August. I did it like two summers in a row. And that was the only two bucks games my dad has ever been to. My first because actual in, in person bucks game was the, last year, right before COVID because I mean, mm-hmm. I don't, we didn't have that program where I was, but I mean, like just, yeah, I mean, the Bucks should go out and try to build lifelong fans rather than, you know, current fans. 
And they have the opportunity mm-hmm. to do that and to build a team that will continue to sell out and continue to have that kind of fan base for generations. You know, make sure that my sons, my daughters want to go to games for the rest of their lives. I mean, one of their logos is the state of Wisconsin with a star over Milwaukee. Yeah, but they and don't, and they don't reach out fine. to the state. It, they, they're using the state of Wisconsin as a logo. Make the state of Wisconsin yours. Like, you can have that same logo with a star over Milwaukee, but there's a whole other part of the state and a whole bunch of fans out there that are willing to cheer for you. And guess what? Wisconsin kids don't end up in the NBA. It's not, and that's another thing you were just saying about Wisconsin Badgers hockey, football, yeah. all these other things. There's kids from the state that will play hockey and football and various other things. I mean, we've got Sam Decker, and he didn't even make it in the NBA. Tyler Hero. I mean, he's barely making it in the NBA now. <laughs> I mean, we don't have a strong and we don't have a strong basketball culture outside of the Southeast, but we have a strong fan culture and a very loyal fan culture. You know, yeah. that's why I said that's why I have to preface it every time when I talk about Pete Owen. He's an actual Bucks first fan because there's not a lot of Wisconsin people that are Bucks first fans. He's one of the he's the only one I know personally because yeah. one because everyone else like you know you you would consider me a big Bucks fan, but guess what? In my order of precedence, I come behind the Packers and the Brewers. Yeah, just because yeah. I've had more of a connection with those two teams throughout my whole life. You know, even though I've been to many, I've been to was to many Bradley Center games when I was a kid because my uncle Dave would take me to games. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's just you're right. You nailed it on the head. They need to get out. And you know what, Pete Owen, you're a season ticket holder. Tell them. Let them know what you think. Tell them. <laughs> There's only seventeen thousand seats in there. That makes you a like point oh one percent voice. Get in there. <laughs> Tell them. All right. All right, thank you everybody for joining us this week uh, for our, I just, our gave bucks. A, I just gave a major in order. <laughs> <laughs> We're not in uniform. We're good. <laughs> yeah, it works. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Thank you everybody for joining us for this. It's been a fantastic uh, run with the Bucks here, and we're so happy to have um, this fantastic season that will just continue to live on in our memories. There is no requiem for this Bucks season. This season, as I said it earlier, this season is immortal. This season will live on uh, in stories and uh, in, in just in memories for, for forever. All right. Uh, thank you again. Uh, remember, you can follow me at Not So Humble Host. You can follow the show at Scotty Johnny Pod. You can follow Aaron at Cheddar Talk. And remember, whether you are on the town or on the go, it is always on Wisconsin. And remember, we got another podcast coming up after this with all the other Wisconsin sports you wanted to hear. This has been the Scotty Johnny Podcast. Remember to find the boys on Twitter at ScottyJohnny1 or online at ScottyJohnny.com. Thanks for listening and on Wisconsin.